Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Come to go with me to John 8. Hallelujah. John 8, verse 32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, many people have quoted that as saying, well, the truth will make you free. It's not the truth by itself that will make you free. It's when you know the truth. That's what makes you free. There's a whole lot of truth out there. There's a whole lot of truth in this word. But it doesn't set anybody free until they know it. And so, you know, this, this kind of, this, this, the word no kind of dropped in me a few days ago. And I didn't know Pastor was going to be teaching on faith, which thank God he is. I, it's a good refresher course for all of us as he called it, a faith tune-up. And then PG came along Sunday night and just, I mean, was wonderful. You know, man, I was like, that's really good. And so this kind of dovetails with what, what they've been talking about these last two services. And I'm not sure how long Pastor will go on this series, but I'm telling you what, it's good for us all, you know, to, to, to be refreshed and reminded, you know, about faith and what it is to walk in it. So we're going to talk about knowing tonight. And so I went, I looked in the dictionary to find out exactly what no means. And we've got four different things here that I wrote down. Number one, to perceive or understand as fact or truth. Number two, to apprehend clearly and with certainty. Number three, to have established or fixed. And number four, to be cognizant or aware of as by sight, experience, or report. There's a lot in that word no. It's four letters, and yet it's packed with things. If you really start looking at it, it's so packed with, with understanding. And, you know, I, 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 just, I just wrote down a few things here. You know, and, um, and I'm going to start off with, with talking about what God knows about you. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You know, God's known you from before you were even thought of. He looked down through the ages of time and he saw you before you ever existed. And he had a plan for you all along. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. In fact, is just go over there. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I, there's whole lots of them, you know. But uh, Jeremiah 29, Verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Now, I like the NIV translation. It says to give you a future and a hope. He knows all those things already. He knows you. He knows you inside out. He knows you better than you know yourself. Because, you know, sometimes we, we're not as honest with ourselves as we ought to be. But God always knows us. He knows our heart. He knows our intents. 
He knows our purposes. He, he knows how we're, what we're thinking. You can fool a lot of people, but you can't fool God because he knows you too well. You know, I've, I've lived with the same man for 50 years. Oh, my goodness, that sounds like an eternity. But I have. And, and there are times it just annoys me to no end that he knows what I'm thinking. He can just look at me and go, I know what you're thinking. I know what you just said, but that's not what you're thinking. That's not what you mean. That's really not where you're going. And I'm like, just, just stop, just stop. That, but that works both ways. You know, and that's the, really the crux of knowing when it comes to knowing the things of God is knowing him so well that you know his thoughts, you know how he thinks, you know how this whole thing works. You just know. But knowing someone comes from spending time with someone. The more you spend time with somebody, the better you know them. You know, we were at, we were at Peggy's mom's funeral on, on Monday, and um, her niece, uh, Shannon, got up, and she read some things that one of the grandkids had written about their grandma. And, um, and one of them wrote something that said, I know your favorite color is pink. And Shannon said, news to me, I thought you, I've always thought your favorite color was blue. Because she actually lived with her. She knew what her, her favorite color was. See, there's a lot you can know just by being with somebody all the time. A lot you can know. I have an older child, Steve. You know, and years ago, I knew all there was to know about him. But he's lived, he's lived away from me for 28 years. And is that, is that right? Yeah, something about like that. Uh, and I don't know him as good as I used to know him. See, a lot of people have some problems in life because they don't know God like they used to know him. One, there was a time in their lives when they really knew God. They were close to God. I mean, their heart was so much for God that it was just, it was just a knowing. You know, just a knowing that his presence was real, knowing what his word said, knowing what his promises are, just being confident and sure of, of everything. And the less time they spent with him, the less they know him. You know, I, it, it occurred to me, you know, in looking at all this, that there are people who once walked with God who now claim they are atheists. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. But it has to come down to the fact that they've not spent any time with him in so long that they don't even know who he is. They don't even recognize him. You know, if you, if you disassociate with your, yourself with someone for a lot of years and you come back and, and, they, and you, you might not even recognize them coming down the street. That's the way it is, I believe, with people who say they're atheists. They don't recognize God anymore. They've spent so much time away. And then I thought, you know what? I, I bet, I bet for every person who now says that, that well, once I believed in God and, and now I don't, that there had to be some pivotal moment of disappointment in their life that they attributed to God. Some kind of disappointment that made them want to dis distance themselves from a loving God when it wasn't God at all. There's a lot of things that go into what we think you know, we didn't, when we don't receive, supposedly receive from God. I remember somebody telling me one time that, well, I, 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 I believe, I, I was in faith, and, but God didn't, God didn't answer my prayers. And I'm going, 
if God didn't answer your prayers, you were not in faith. Well, that's a hard thing to say, Pastor Angel. It's the truth. To be anything less than honest with you doesn't help you. God has never failed. He will never fail. When I put my trust in him and believe on him and I keep my faith there, he always is going to come through. But it's incumbent upon me to know him well enough to know what his will is in any situation, to know his leading in any situation, and to stand firm in that because I know him. You know, there's a verse over in John, um, in John 10, Jesus is talking about the shepherd, and it says the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. See, some people have gotten to where, you know, they've listened to other voices so long, they don't know God's voice anymore. But I'm here to tell you, God has never failed anybody. Never. It may, it may look to them, it may, it may help them to think that somehow God let them down. I don't know. Does that help anybody? Nope. But sometimes it's easier for people to believe that, that it's God's at fault, instead that I failed to connect somewhere. There's something wrong with the connection that I had going. I turned loose. I let the enemy lie to me. I got my eyes on something else. You know, whatever. I let pressure get to me. Anybody ever let pressure get to you? See, God's not a God of pressure. He's a God of the greatest relief possible. Because if we can't do what he says and cast all of our care on him, the pressure is relieved. There is no more pressure. But I have to know that he's a God who wants me to cast my care on him, who's big enough to carry my cares, who's loving enough to care about me and what I'm caring about and who's, and who's more than willing to do something about it. I have to know that. But there are times we all, we all lose our grip on what we know. Now, don't we? You know, if you go over to the, to the uh, Old Testament in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9, you know, David's talking to Solomon. He said, my son, know you the God of your father. The most important thing you can possibly know in life is to know God. To know Him. To become thoroughly acquainted with Him. So that you understand His character, you know His character inside and out. That there's not a question in your mind about His character, about His purpose about his intention for you, about his willingness to give you every good thing. You have to know him. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote, he said, I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom. In Proverbs 1-2, he talks about to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. You're not just talking about natural knowledge here. You're talking about the knowledge that comes from the realm of the spirit, God's world. You know, I, as, a, as, a, as an x-ray tech, there was a lot of things I knew. 
you know, and when I was working in it, I, I may retained those things. But you know, you get away from something and you don't do it for a long time, you lose that. I mean, maybe some of you knew, used to know how to do calculus. I don't think I ever did. But if you don't use it for, and you don't stay familiar with it day to day, you lose the ability to figure out those problems, don't you? You know, how, how did you learn your, your, your uh, times tables? I don't know about how they do the new math, but I know what it was when I was growing up. We did it over and 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 over. You know, that's what you have to do with the things of God, is you have to re put them in you over and over and over and over and over. Disuse will cause, in to be, cause it to become of no effect. If you don't keep the Word of God close in your heart and put it to work, lack of use will mean failure in your life. Hallelujah. You know, Daniel in, 11, verse, in Daniel eleven thirty two says, Those who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. He's not just talking about, you know, running a marathon here. He's talking about do great things for God in the kingdom of God, in life. I mean, what if God were to come to give you an, an assignment and you'd go, Oh, my goodness, How, uh, well, I, I, be I believe that you talking to me, God, but I have, I, I can't do that. I, 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 don't think I, I don't think I can handle that. But those who do know their God, do know their God, will be strong and do exploits. I become strong by knowing the God who created me. I can become strong by knowing the God who sent his son as a sacrifice for me. I become strong by knowing that Jesus, the Lord and Savior, lives and abides forever on the inside of me. I become strong by knowing that I'm strong in him. When I'm weak, he's strong. That when I need strength, he, he gives me his strength. That I can rejoice and receive strength that comes from God. And when I know that and I become strong, I can do anything. Doesn't it say over there, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall? That's an Old Testament man who said that. My heavens, what can a New Testament man and woman do? I mean, if Daniel said, those who do know their God will be strong and do exploits, how much more when you and I begin to understand and to know what is ours in the new birth? And sometimes you can equate that just knowing equals faith. Well, yeah, it does. It really does. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 2.2. 2, he said, I determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. There are times you will have to make a choice. I, I have determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. The world is out here telling us all kinds of things, trying to shape how we think. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. 
I have determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. When somebody tells you, you can't, you aren't, you aren't able, you're nothing, you're not worth anything, you'll never be able to accomplish anything, you'll never make anything in life, you'll never be able to do this, you'll never be able to do that, you go back to, I've determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Ah, the greater one lives on the inside of me. He gives me the, he always leads me in triumph. He always gives me the victory. He said, I can do all things because I'm in him. Those are the places you have to know nothing but him. Philippians 3.10. Hallelujah. Let's go over there. These are the things that Paul wanted to know. Philippians 3.10. And if Paul thought these were important things for him to know, then these are important things for us to know. Philippians 3.10. Gracious, I don't know where to start here. Uh, We should start in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but rubbish that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. These are important things that Paul was determined to know. Over in Romans 8, 38. Hallelujah. Romans 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded. If you're persuaded of something, does that not mean you know something? If I'm persuaded about something, then I am sure that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is so. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, or nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's an important thing to know. Nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1.12. You could do your own study using the word no as a as a, a dropping off point, and you can find all kinds of things. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.12, for the, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hallelujah. I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. That's 2 Timothy 1.12. Hallelujah. Even Job in the Old Testament, Job 19.25, says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Oh, he, a man of the Old Testament, knew his Redeemer lives. The Redeemer hasn't even come yet. How much more should you and I know that my Redeemer lives? Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is something else we should know. Psalm 56, 9, Old Testament man. This I know, for God is 
with us. That Psalm 56, 9 reminds me of Romans 8, 31. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Hallelujah. Now, Paul, there's so many things that Paul talked about that that he wanted us to know. 1 John 5, 13. Well, Peter, obviously he didn't write 1 John, but in the New Testament there's all kinds of things here we're going to find out about that we need to know. 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that you believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I was raised in a denomination that we had not a clue that God had given us anything besides salvation and a home in heaven. But I'm telling you what, Paul wants you to know all about all the things that you've been freely given. Freely given. Ephesians, to that end, go to Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Those are, those are things, I'm telling you, that are so important. You're in Ephesians. Go to Ephesians 1.18. You're right here. These are the things that Paul, if you look at the things that Paul wrote to the Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if you go and you read the prayers that he prayed in these different uh, passages, you find that so much of the time he was talking about that they might know something, that they might know things. Here we have in 118, the eyes of your understanding. I mean, he's saying, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Father, Jesus, Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. See, there's a lot in here that you're going to find and that you're going to experience when, when you understand that there's a revelation of that knowledge. You can read the same passage over and over again, and one day the light bulb comes on. It's like, now I know. Now I know. And it goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. That's a lot of knowing right there. In those, in those, in those two verses, I mean, I'm telling you, he, that's a massive amount of knowing that he's praying that you get hold of. Hallelujah. Uh, go to three, Ephesians 3, 18 and 19. Hallelujah. 
Uh, again, it's kind of where do you start? Uh, start in verse 16. That he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. How's he going to dwell in your hearts? Because you know him. That you being rooted and grounded in love, that's knowing again, may be able to comprehend with all saints. I've got written here revelation knowledge that you may have revelation knowledge with all saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.9. Try to keep these close together. And he says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Love, love, your love for God will grow stronger and deeper the more you know about him. The more you know about him. The longer you spend with somebody, the deeper your love for them becomes because you know them better than you, than you knew them last year. That's the way it's supposed to work. Philippians 1, we, we talked, yeah, we, we read that, didn't we? Hallelujah. Now go with Colossians 1, 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The problem many Christians have in life is they have no clue of what God's will is. No clue. Absolutely no clue. Miss Jackie over there in Tajikistan, you know, she's, she's been partnered with a, with a group that, you know, uh, ministers to, to Muslims, and they know nothing about how to follow God. They know nothing about how to understand what his will is in their lives or how they minister to these people. It's amazing sometimes to get anything done at all. And for the most part, not much is done. But can you imagine if they just understood that there's a way they could, they could know what God's will is? Paul said, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of his will. I mean, just to just to be able to say, I, I I know I know that's God leading me. I know that's I know that's God's will for me. I, I know because I know right here. And see, that's not something you can explain to people who aren't born again. You just you just can't explain that to it's just a knowing. It's just it's just you just know. There, there's you can't prove it scientifically. You can't prove it with physical things. And, and, and people are trying to disprove God all the time because they've got all these, these physical things that make, make it so that it doesn't make sense that there is a God out there. But God doesn't operate in that sense world. For you and me, I mean, we, we know, just like Paul said, that it's the foolish things that God uses to confound them. They have not a clue to understanding God and will never 
until they decide, just decide to put their faith and their trust in him. I'm telling you what, there's a lot of things you and I know. And I tell you what, I know he's been good to me. I know he's been there when nobody else was there. I know he's put me over when nothing else could have. I know he showered me with blessings and favor out of, out of places I never could have dreamed of. I know that he's provided for me in ways I won't even know about till I get to heaven. I know there are times he's protected my life that I don't know anything about. I know some of them. I know some, that there is no explanation for why I'm still here except that God was watching out for me. I know that. I know that. And there are times when God, I get to heaven and God's going to kind of run the video for me of my life and I'm going to see some things that happened along the way that I was never aware of. But see, this is what I do know. I know that God is so good to me that he watches over, he protects me, he surrounds me with loving kindness and tender mercies, that angels are encamped around about me, that he, he keeps me from falling and, and hurting myself, he, he keeps me in all my ways, he keeps me. That's what I have to know, is that he keeps me. I know that. I depend on that. I expect that. Hallelujah. These are the things we have to know. You know, and I'm running out of time. I have one minute. One minute. It's terrible. Uh, but you, you look back at some of the examples, you know, in the New Testament uh, about people who knew. Paul in the shipwreck in Acts 27, 23, he said, there's an angel of the Lord stood beside me. The angel of the Lord whose God I serve, whose I am and who I serve. He knew something about it. Was he troubled that there's a shipwreck? Was he troubled there's a storm? Was he troubled that the ship's going to break up? Was he tr troubled that he's going to be he's going to be in the water hanging on to you know some kind of a you know piece of piece of junk floating? In? No, he wasn't concerned. I know in whom I have believed. I know whose I am and whom I serve. And his his angel stood before me and told me this. I know. You, you can walk through anything when you know. Doesn't matter what you're walking through. You know what's over there. You know what's waiting for you at the end of this thing. You know that, that you're coming through. You're, you're, you're not here to stay, you know. The psalmist said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he said, though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, though I camp in the valley. He said, I walk through the valley. That's what you and I are doing. We're walking through some things because we know what's on the other side. We know what's on the other side. Hallelujah. Abraham was fully persuaded. He knew. God said, you're going to have a child. His name's going to be Isaac. He's, you're going to be the father of many nations. He had one son. How am I going to be the father of many nations with one son? Well, he was. But he was fully persuaded. What God had promised, he was able also to deliver. You, Pastor Greg was talking about it on, on, on Sunday night, and I was just going, man, that's really good. In one chapter of Mark 5, you got three people who knew something. The woman with the issue of blood, she knew. If she could just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just get there. She knew, she knew virtue was going to flow out of him into her because she knew, she knew, she knew, she knew. Jairus, he knew that if the, if the Lord would just come to his house, his daughter would be well. In spite of when they came and said, she's dead, don't bother him anymore, he knew. Now, Jesus, Jesus confirmed that to him. He just said, uh, 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 just believe, just believe. Just, just stay with what you know. Stay with what you know. Folks, stay with what you know. 
Stay with what you know. And when he did, his daughter was raised up. And then you've got, then you've got the centurion. I know authority. I see authority. I recognize authority. I know what that does. I know what that means. I know how that can accomplish things. You just speak the word. My servant will be healed. He knew something. What do you know? What do you know? Ask yourself, what do you know? Do you know that my God shall supply all my needs? Do you know that he is your strength? Do you know that he's your provider? Do you know that he's your redeemer? Do you know that he's your healer? Do you know that he's your savior? Do you know that he's your soon and coming king? Do you know you've got a home in heaven? What do you know? What you know will put you over. What you know will put you over. What you know will keep you steady. What you know will keep you on the right path. Don't lose sight of what you know. Don't let go of what you know. Keep it refreshed. Keep it in your remembrance. Keep it before your eyes. Keep it alive in your heart. Keep it in a place where you're actively using it. You're putting it to use. You know your multiplication tables by putting it to use instead of putting your calculator to use. It's amazing. I go to a store, and this person at the register, something happens, and they can't figure out how much change to give me from a $5 bill when the bill was $1.62. It's like, it's simple math. Simple math. Listen, folks, it's simple math. If you keep yourself in a place of knowing, if you don't, you need a spiritual calculator. Don't be like that. What do you know? Ask yourself, what do I know? When the enemy presents a problem to you, what is it I know? What do I know about this? What do I know for a fact? Go back to what the definition of to perceive or understand as fact or truth, to apprehend clearly and with certainty, to have established or fixed, to be cognizant or aware of as by sight, experience, or report. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. He is good. He's always good. He loves me. He's well provided for me in every area of life. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's what I know. Amen. Hallelujah. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.